Today's episode of School PR Drive Time is brought to you by Final Sight. Welcome to another episode of School PR Drive Time, a podcast produced by NCSPRA. I'm Dr. Stacia Harris, a member of the NCSPRA media team, and I'm the Director of Communications for Buncombe County Schools. Today's episode is all about excellence in communication technology. We'll hear from Superintendent Dr. Jared Cotton, Chief of Staff and Clerk to the Board Dr. Angie Smith, and Dr. Chris Vale, Director of Communications. All are from Chesapeake Public Schools in Virginia. Dr. Cotton was selected as the recipient of the ENSPRA 2022 Communication Technology Award for Superintendents. The award, presented by ENSPRA in partnership with Blackboard, recognizes one district leader annually for leadership in refining, upgrading, and integrating cutting-edge communication technology to improve and expand outreach and engagement with internal and external education stakeholders. Today, we're going to learn more about their efforts, their effectiveness, and how these strategies could be duplicated in other school systems. We have lots to share today. Let's start the show. Hello, Doctors Cotton, Vale, and Smith. Thank you all so much for joining us today on School PR Drive Time. To get us started, I'd like for each of you to please uh, introduce yourself. So, Dr. Cotton, we'll start with you. Sure. Thank you. I'm Jared Cotton. I'm the proud superintendent for Chesapeake Public Schools here in Virginia, and I've been the superintendent here for coming on five years and excited to be here with you today. Thank you. Dr. Smith? Hi there, my name is Dr. Angie Smith, and I have been a member of Dr. Cotton's uh, team for quite a few years now. I'm actually, believe it or not, today marks the finishing of my year two as chief of staff and clerk of the board. Uh, prior to that, I had the opera, the privilege of working as director of communications for Dr. Cotton. So I've I've seen um, quite a quite of an evolving of communication efforts in the district. Thank you, and Dr. Vale. Hey, uh, good afternoon. I'm Dr. Chris Vale. I am the Director of Communications for Chesapeake Public Schools. I have 20 years of experience with uh, the school system, and actually I'm coming in uh, in March into my second year as the Director of Communications for Dr. Khan. Well, welcome, everyone. Thanks so much for being here and want to dive right in. Today, we're talking about the NSPRA Award for Communication Technology. You all were the 2022 winners, and it did cover a number of elements that uh, Dr. Cotton rolled out in, in the school system as part of your onboarding and being the, the new superintendent. So let's just take it from the top. Dr. Cotton, tell me a little bit about some of the needs that, that you saw in, in your school community and a little bit about your philosophy as you were beginning this new role. Great. I appreciate the question. Um, I don't know if your listeners know, they, they probably don't, but I, I returned to Chesapeake. I actually was a student in Chesapeake. I graduated from one of our high schools here. I started my teaching career here in Chesapeake, actually in the, the same fifth grade classroom where I used to be a student. Uh, so I came full circle. And then, of course, I had opportunities in other places, uh, Virginia Beach and Henry County, Virginia, but then I was able to come back home. So for me, it was an opportunity to come back to my hometown, uh, which I was very excited about. And immediately I knew that I had to engage our community and get feedback uh, as the new superintendent. You know, all superintendents come in uh, and work on their entry plan. Uh, I did a listening and learning tour. And of course, I went to each of our high schools and gathered feedback. We asked some critical questions from the community. One of the things I asked was, you know, what's going well. Another thing was what's not going well. And and my favorite question was, what is what is, items do you want me to leave alone and not mess with? 
you know, as I come in as a new superintendent. And of course, they gave us lots of feedback. We had a QR code. And and right from the beginning, we started collecting data through electronic means and even some paper means as well, so that we can gather some, some ongoing feedback. But what I have always believed is you have to actively engage the community. And I do that through social media, through Twitter. Uh, you know, our school division had not been leveraging social media that much at all when I arrived. So I scared a few people when I told them I wanted us to open that open that up and start communicating all the great things going on in our school division. And then, of course, uh, I started a blog um, that I have. Um, I started right away as soon as I started here in Chesapeake, where I talk about all the great things going on in our school division. And then, of course, we started to work on ways that we can enhance two-way communication on a daily basis, not just when the new superintendent comes to town, but but ways that we can communicate ongoing. And um, and then, of course, probably one of the biggest things that I did early on was I had one person in charge of communications. That's Dr. Angie Smith, who's who's here, and, and she has lived to tell about it. She is our chief of staff and clerk of the board. She was our PIO and and then director of communications. She was a department of one. And with a school division this size, uh, we really needed to invest more in communications. So what I was able to do was cobble together a whole department by using existing staff in the school and across the school division to kind of bring things together to make communication a priority. And what I did was I we had a print shop. I pulled them in. We had a front desk because they're the first people who interact with our community. I pulled them in. I had some an assistant principal at a school with a background in communications. I pulled in. And all in all, I, I was able to put together a communications team by only adding one clerical staff member. Uh, so I was really proud that I was able to create this dynamic team. And I have to tell you, what I appreciate about how you introduced us was you talked about how we earned this award, not me. And that's because we have such a great communications team. And of course, you'll hear some from Dr. Smith and Dr. Vail uh, today on this podcast. Thank you for that. And there are a couple of follow-up questions uh, that struck me. First, uh, to, to clarify, how large is your school system? How many students, how many schools, how many staff members? We're approximately 40,000 students. And of course, we have uh, 45 buildings and we have centers as well uh, where we serve students through alternative ed education as well as um, a career center. We also have, if you really added up all of our staff full-time and part-time, we have over 6,000 employees. So we're, we're a fairly large organization. Absolutely. And that's it's a lot of ground to cover and a lot of new things to cover. And you did mention a little bit of fear that you perceived, especially with the social media piece, because obviously that, that can be kind of a, a minefield, especially in this day and age. Uh, but that's for a different podcast. So uh, back to my follow up question. How did you help your staff members and your new teammates maybe overcome some trepidation and really be able to embrace these changes and, and, and understand the why behind them? Well, I think that one of the things that we did early on was we took a look at our strategic plan and many of us have been involved in strategic planning. And a lot of times we develop a plan, we put it on the shelf and we never look at it. Uh, I have a different view on strategic planning. I believe that our plan should drive all the work that we do. You should be able to look at our budget and see evidence of our strategic plan. You, you should look at how I spend my time. 
and and you should look at my priorities and how they should align to our strategic plan. Uh, we did come up with four goal areas, and one of those areas, the number four, the fourth goal, they're not in any kind of order of importance, but the fourth one was engage and communicate with our com- our community. So that really laid the groundwork uh, for the importance of uh, communications because now it's a part of our strategic plan. It's a part of our regular conversations on ways that we can improve and engage our community. And then, of course, the very unfortunate thing happened during all of this where COVID occurred. And then uh, that became even more important for us to communicate with our stakeholders and to have two-way communication. So that also accelerated a lot of um, our conversations about communication efforts. And then, of course, I encourage my staff to take some risks and move forward with trying different things. I remember going to high schools and different schools. I met with faculty in every building when I arrived, and and several teachers came up to me and said, Dr. Cotton, are you sure you want to be on Twitter? <laughs> you know, they were very concerned about uh, social media and all the mm-hmm. negativity I was going to receive. But yes, and you do have some of that negativity, but it's very minor compared to all the positivity that's out there. If you don't tell your story, someone else will. Mm-hmm. So you have to be the one telling your story. And I would say I convinced my staff on the importance of telling our stories. And and I, I would say our communications department has gotten really good at telling positive stories. We also have to break bad news, mm-hmm. uh, but it's always good when you tell your story first uh, and, and break the bad news early when you have to, uh, but also send out a lot of positive as well. And that's why I started doing my spotlight at all of my board meetings, all of our board meetings, uh, where I share all the good things going on in our school division, because if you don't do that, then all of that space gets filled up with the negativity. And there's sure is a lot of negativity out there right now in public education. Absolutely. I think trust building is huge and especially trust building before the crisis and before the bad news. And you have to do all that legwork and it'll help you navigate the, the difficult times. And I do want to, uh, and we could do this as a, a round robin. Let's talk a little bit about the the process of rolling out these uh, different items. And I'd like for each of you to weigh in just from your perspectives, um, kind of your role in it and, and how you saw the rollout. And so Dr. Cotton, you can get us started. Yeah, there's so many things that uh, that we've had to to use and leverage as far as technology uh, and using technology for communication purposes. I would say that one of the big areas that we we focused on was, you know, I wanted to have a way to have two way communication, and I wanted there to be an opportunity where people could anonymously share information that they felt it was important to share, whether it was for a safety reason or whether they wanted to share an opinion on a particular topic. So one of the things that we did invest in early on was K-12 Insight, which provides an opportunity for uh, people to share information, to share concerns anonymously. And the other cool thing is we can actually respond to those statements. It used to be that when people gave you anonymous information, you couldn't respond and you had no idea who to respond to. Uh, but now uh, with this particular application, it is it is really open some doors for us to to have that open and honest communication. And especially when we were dealing with COVID, we were getting a lot of questions that we were answering many, many times. So then we developed frequently asked questions that we were hearing from our community. We used it as an opportunity to, um, to find out what questions were being asked in our community so that we could be proactive in, in addressing those. 
So that is probably something that has been uh, really important that we introduced. I would I would ask Dr. Smith and Dr. Vale, uh, Dr. Smith, how about you go first? Do you want to talk about some of our other technology initiatives and sure, communication sure. issues? Um, and I don't want to miss the mark to just the opportunity to really talk about, he doesn't give himself enough credit, but he really changed the philosophy on how communications are handled in this district. Um, you know, for a long time, we, we, um, we really had that more traditional philosophy of where the school does the communicating with families. They have that two way, but the district relatively is kind of the silent partner, right? And only gets involved in emergency situations. And Dr. Cotton really believes that that two-way relationship needs to be set from the beginning. And um, our families think it's, you know, it's important for them to know that we have district leaders here supporting them and wanting to hear from them. So um, he really modeled the way with that process. And when he prioritized communications by through human resources alone, just shifting those positions around and creating a department where there was none, that was really a culture shift. So there was a little bit of hiccups at the beginning. And I think many um, communications directors can relate. People don't always know what your purpose is. You know, I communicate, I write emails. Why do I need your help? Why? I know how to do this. Um, what can you offer to me? So I think he really set the stage to identify for our school leaders and our department leaders that this is a valuable asset for you and let me show you how they can support your efforts. Um, and along those lines, I know he mentioned um, COVID kind of jumped in. It was really fortuitous that he had put in a team and the K-12 system was really in its infancy when COVID hit. And we had one department, I think Dr. Cotton, you may remember it was student enrollment <laughs> that was our guinea pig and they had really gotten their feet wet that system became um, very important to us in navigating that two-way, all those questions that kept coming from both parents and from staff members, um, but having that platform to manage the conversation and make sure you were getting accurate information out to your stakeholders was just vital. So um, I think all of that, it, you know, he was in the right place at the right time with the right mindset and really led us through the, uh, the pandemic and, um, and we came out better on the other side. So um, that was just something I wanted to make sure that I that I mentioned that that philosophy change was really huge. And then sharing with schools and departments uh, the value that a communications team can bring um, took baby steps to get there. But um, but really, he set the tone for that. And Dr. Vale has really taken the baton and run with it. And his team has created a lot of different support systems for our schools to help with their messaging. Um, K-12 being, you know, only one of those elements. I don't know if Dr. Vale, you'd like to jump in. You know, I, I think first off, Dr. Smith doesn't give herself enough credit on, uh, you know, how easy she's made the transition for me to come out of the school and, you know, jump into her role and, and keep it going. And it's the support from the top from Dr. Cotton to Dr. Smith and understanding the importance of a district-wide communications team and the ability to make decisions for, you know, what's best for a district. And an example of that is we run in services for our all building administrators so that we're working on a consistency and effective communications from the district level all the way down to the building level and to ensure they're using the same practices. 
So um, that's been extremely important um, in getting that information out to our parents, as well as receiving it, what to do with it once we receive it. And I will say too, today's Tuesday. And so Dr. Vale knows what that means. Um, we have a weekly communication that goes out to all employees, all 6,000 that Dr. Vale um, really makes sure is, is fine-tuned and ready for review and, and ready for it to go out. That channel didn't exist prior to you know, Dr. Cotton coming on board and then the pandemic creating that need, it sped it up. So, you know, that's a piece that came out of, you know, that tragic time. But I, I don't know that that any other superintendent that I've worked with would value that component so much to say, we need to make this part of our routine. We need to make sure we're providing factual information to our employees because they are your biggest ambassadors. And they're going to take that information. And they're going to help set the record straight when people you know, put misinformation out there. Let's arm our people with that information. So that's one channel. Um, that I think has been cultivated. He mentioned a couple of others, you know, yes, jumping into social media, which was a huge culture shift for us, but um, we stuck our toe in the water and, you know, you really honestly, who, who am I kidding? You can't stick your toe in the water. We just jumped in. So then, <laughs> then you just sink or swim at that point. Right. Um, so there's a couple of different um, channels that have been established for ways that we can get our, our information out and our content, but as well as celebrations and, and storytelling. So just uh, using some things that were out there that we had been reluctant to, to get into. I think it's so important, especially, you know, for a school system, your size, I, I think stakeholders will tell your story if you don't tell your story, but also internally, if, if the staff members don't have accurate information, you know, it, it's more difficult for them to do your job. And I love that you mentioned that uh, they, they can be ambassadors because that is 100 percent true. Uh, folks trust, you know, they trust school people and they trust what they say. And it's important that they know um, that what they're saying is accurate and factual. And a well, couple other things um, I just wanted to point out that I don't even, you, we, when you sit back and you realize, wow, we've come such a long way, not only did Dr. Cotton come in with that listening and learning tour, that content then generated what we looked at for building the strategic plan, which showed a clear need to really focus on engaging the community with goal four. But then moving on, it was, we need a new look. Let's really take a look and spend some strategic time rebranding ourselves. What are we about? Let's tell our story. So, I mean, you think about this, a lot of change in a short amount of time, but he made it happen. So new logo, a, a complete website redesign um, to support that, that new brand and that, that, um, that image that we were putting forward and then providing the resources. And that's where the communications team came into play, developing a communications guide that really spells out the importance of, no, we don't want you to take our logo and put it on a hot pink t-shirt. Um, <laughs> Nike wouldn't let you do that. We're not going to let you do that either. So just helping the, the average employee understand the importance of branding and image and controlling that um, that look. So all of those pieces fell into place. Um, and then of course, COVID hit. And, and like I said, it was, it was really fortuitous that we had some of those technologies ready to leverage. Yeah. Well, when we talk about band ambassadors, one of the other things that we were able to do within our schools and it's new, or when our second year of it is to offer stipends uh, to our social media reps that we have in each each school, and then also our page masters. We have one in each school 
and, and my team works with them and holds professional development with them throughout the year and answers questions. So again, it brings us back to that consistency that we want to see from the district level. And I'm curious, this could probably be its own podcast as well, but what expectations do you set for your social media and webmasters? Uh, well, first off, uh, for our social media uh, reps, we, we want 70% of what they put up to be celebrations. Uh, again, that's allowing the parents to get into the school and enjoy the things that their kids are doing each and every day. And uh, also with our webmasters, for anything that's going to be district-wide, we let them know that we want to be able to do that from the district level, and, and we'll take care of that um, and, and communicate with us their needs. After the break, we'll continue our conversation with Drs. Cottonvale and Smith from Chesapeake Public Schools discussing their cutting-edge technology tools that help them connect to their school community. Stay with us, everyone. You're listening to School PR Drive Time. Site, now home to Blackboard K-12, is the preferred website and digital communications provider of more than 5,000 school districts across the country. We make it easy for schools and districts to transform community engagement, recruit staff, and strengthen their online presence while managing the complex requirements around data privacy, accessibility, hosting, and security. With scalable solutions to meet every district's unique needs, 24-7 support, in-house accessibility specialists, and tactical website deployments, FinalSight is equipped to help districts of all sizes launch and maintain websites that improve communications outcomes. FinalSight is proud to partner with North Carolina Schools. Welcome back to School PR Drive Time. So before the break, we covered a lot of ground, really got into lots of new initiatives and strategies that Dr. Cotton implemented as new superintendent, along with a, a wonderful team surrounding him. We want to pause for a moment now and let's talk about, from each of your perspectives, what were some of the most uh, exciting, the most successful initiatives as you reflect back on, on the last few years of work? Sure, I'll go ahead and get started. Uh, you know, we've been talking about K-12 Insight and how important that was to open up that two-way communication, as well as the opportunity to share anonymous information that certainly we, we need to know about. Um, of course, it was a very difficult time for all of us in school divisions across the country and throughout the world, but we really used K-12 Insight and the questions we were receiving to develop frequently asked questions. So we started gathering questions that we were receiving from different groups. And then we started creating frequently asked questions that we posted on our website. Uh, and then we also worked on responses across departmental uh, responses. What I did was I put together a cross-departmental team uh, where we met regularly regularly throughout the uh, each week to talk about the issues and the questions that were coming through. And then across the school division, we had representatives from all departments who would work on responses. And then consistency became so important to where we would have consistent responses that would be crafted and then shared out uh, to anyone who posed certain questions and then the frequently asked questions so that we were putting out a consistent message. Because one of the challenges you have, especially during a crisis and during that time, is you lose trust when people are hearing different messages from all different sources. So uh, we really work together to make that consistent. And the, the good thing about that is now 
moving out of the pandemic, we now still have that structure in place and we still have that opportunity in place where now maybe we have folks who are sharing information about safety concerns or or rumors that they're hearing in schools and things like that. So we're, we set the groundwork for that to where now we can use that through daily operations. So, so to me, that's that's been huge. I would also say that another big way that we've used technology that has had a sig- significant impact for us is we started leveraging uh, Zoom and Google Meet to have meetings with our employee groups, where instead of gathering them to to a building, we just did it through Zoom. And of course, we we use Google Meet as well, where we started doing employee input sessions, where during COVID, we would check in with different employee groups and find out what's working well, what's not working well, what suggestions do you have for improvement. And then we would close the loop and implement many of those strategies. And we would also update the school board and the community on different initiatives we were putting in place to address concerns that were raised by those different groups. And we even would use uh, surveys uh, to gather information regularly as well. So those are two that that I would say were particularly successful and they are continuing beyond uh, the pandemic. And then, of course, uh, uh, Dr. Vail, why don't we go to you next? Why don't you share a couple of years? Thanks, Dr. Cotton. Um, I think the biggest thing uh, that we're facing, and we faced it in COVID and we're facing now, is crisis communications. Uh, right now, school safety in our area is a hot topic. And I know for Dr. Cotton and his cabinet, transparency means everything and bringing that trust back into public education. That's what we need to do. So part of that is uh, building uh, an appropriate communication plan. Anytime you deal with crisis and making sure that everyone that's part of your crisis team and communicating understands that plan uh, of what's the information, who who needs to know, and when do they need to know. So we've established that, but that's also something that we uh, review, reflect, and refine as we move forward. And uh, currently for us to get information out to our staff, uh, they understand if we get into a larger crisis, uh, we, we need them to know that from the district level, we'll do the communicating for the school. And we're gonna send out the, the messaging to our parents through uh, Twitter, as well as timelining that information on our website. And Dr. Cotton has done an excellent job of opening the doors to our police department, fire department, and emergency responders. So quarterly, I I sit down with them. We review um, what we're going to do. We ask the questions. And then we have documents that are are, are prepared. So when that difficult situation uh, hits, we're not running in circles. We we know where to find that information, and uh, we know how to get it out. Uh, An example, and it's an unfortunate example of it in our community, was that Walmart shooting in Chesapeake. Um, Us being able to work with the police and fire department knew that we needed to uh, shut down all of our communication system. We needed to do a blackout uh, with that. And we had some school celebrations at that time that we were getting ready to send out, but we needed to support uh, the city of Chesapeake. And we were able to do it that because we had those difficult uh, discussions prior and it's important. Um, and, and we know um, right now in our area, Newport News unfortunately had that event, but it causes us you know, to look at how, how would we handle that event? 
And uh, we have a task force, uh, mayor's joint task force that meets. And right now, uh, communication system is one of those things uh, that we're looking at um, and always looking to do better, even though uh, we're doing a great job with that right now. And I just want to jump in. I know we've talked a lot a bit about processes and platforms that have really provided a benefit. Um, one in particular that I don't think we've mentioned, and I thought about it when Dr. Cotton was sharing um, the Zoom meetings, we actually leveraged YouTube during the pandemic. And, um, you know, we we really focused some time and energy on building that audience because we were trying to connect with families, with students, and with staff, and that difficult time when everyone was remote, and Zoom meetings became a way of life, right? You had that that Brady Bunch screen and that grainy quality and the hiccups and the, oh my gosh, you're on mute. Um, we captured a little bit of that through some video interviews that one of our communications team members conducted. And it became actually a really popular quick playlist on YouTube. You'd be surprised how much it really resonated with the community. Um, we started out with teacher voices and we're, you're talking about, you know, two, three minute interview, five minute max, um, just a handful of questions. And it was, how are you doing? How is this? How is teaching on this platform going for you? You know, what are you noticing? Um how, how are you how are you keeping your sanity? Uh, so those little interviews became very popular and we just lodged them into a playlist. And then believe it or not, as we approached graduation time, um, we celebrated our 2020 grads. Similarly, we had it. We started interviewing those students, the 2020 grads to say, hey, we, you know, we're, we're doing this senior voices tour. Just tell us how it's going for you. Tell, tell us what you're thinking, what you're feeling. So that was a really great way to leverage a, a platform that a lot of people may have in place right now, but maybe aren't taking advantage of it. Um, so that was something that worked for us. We also took, um, we did a lot of webinars with our community when we were explaining the learning management system, you know, when we were, where to get your assignments and how do you keep up with things. Um, and even, you know, remote learning with your little ones. So we had a lot of different topics or we'd have that webinar. You may not have as much participation as you want, but we recorded it, made sure we loaded it on our YouTube channel and then pushed that out as a resource that you could watch while you're cooking dinner or whatever you're doing at home. And that really was uh, popular with our families because again, it was a difficult time and not everybody could come together to get some of the information they'd normally come to the school for. So loading those webinars, I think, were also real beneficial and using that YouTube platform. So sometimes you just have to take some time to use what's available to you in different ways to try to connect. And in this case, I know a lot of those interviews really captured the moment and what we were all going through. So um, I hope that answered that question a little bit for you. Yes, it was a wonderful overview. Thank you. And I do have a follow-up question to that. How do you all make sure that this two-way communication is reaching your families who may speak English as a second language? That is an, an outstanding question. Um, and I feel like it's a challenge that school divisions face continually, because just when you think you're starting to get better at it, you learn that there's a pocket of your population speaking another language that you want to make sure you're providing that accommodation for. Um, K-12 Insight, when Dr. Cotton mentioned it, is actually a fabulous tool that has the translation services built in. And a lot of your different platforms um, have that feature, the accessibility feature. It's just making sure that you communicate how to get to that um, 
how to set it up in your system for the end user. So those things I think we've relied upon and from the technology side have been helpful. Um, but more than that, I know um, we really focused on family and community engagement. As Dr. Cotton said, goal four was all about engaging the community. So he's really put his money where his mouth is in that regard and, and actually created positions that specialize in engaging communities, engaging some of our um our parents and our stakeholders that are more reluctant to come into the school to get services. And it could be a language barrier, for example, that's keeping them, them um, from joining. And our family and community engagement specialists, we actually were intentional about making sure that we had someone that could connect with our Hispanic community the, um, that could speak Spanish. And believe it or not, they just had a, an event um, a couple of months ago and I will tell you, I was amazed. You're talking about over 100 people that came to this school level function directly. The entire function was done in Spanish. Um, this was the best part. Parents went into one room to connect as um, ESL parents and to talk with staff members and to talk about some of their issues. While in the separate room, you had children, if they brought children with them, doing arts and crafts where we had engaged our IB students um, that were Spanish speaking to work with the kids to do the fun activities. So really kind of pulling in all members of the community to come together. That's what it's all about. And I think that was really beneficial. So while it's not necessarily a technology tool, um, I do think that strategy was incredibly effective. Excellent. Thank you for that. So as we're wrapping up today, I do want to end with a brief reflection on anything that you all thought maybe went really smooth throughout this whole process of implementing all these new strategies and products. And is there anything that you maybe would have done differently to achieve a different outcome? Oh, that's a tough one. I think there's a lot of things that uh, we can always improve upon. And, and one of the challenges we have is, is for me, it's more situation-based. When we look at each situation or each um, problem or challenge that arises, you know, we look at ways that we can address it and ways that we could have approached it differently. Uh, one of the things that I would say that we always operate on is is we're as transparent as we possibly can be. There are situations where we can't share particular information, but one of the things in building trust is always making sure that you share information up front. You have to break your own bad news, which we do uh, from time to time. And I and I would say that in each situation we will debrief and talk about it and talk about ways that we communicated and and whether we can make improvements in those situations. But you have to have that mindset that you are um, constantly working to improve. Uh, I would also say that for many of my colleagues out there listening, you have to prioritize communication. Uh, you heard it earlier, us talking about the importance of communication. Sometimes school divisions uh, look at it as kind of the softer side of Sears, if you will, you know, the side of... Uh, <laughs> It's not that important. It's not. It's just a nice thing to have. But, um, but one of the things I've learned over the years is that what if you look at leaders who have not been successful, whether it's a principal, whether it's a superintendent, whether it's a, a director or leaders in in business and in industry, um, many times you find that they're unsuccessful because of poor communication, whether it's lack of communication or whether it's their inability to be transparent and open and honest in their communication. So when leaders do not invest 
in communication, it's to their detriment. Uh, I would even say that many of my school principals who have been un unsuccessful nine times out of 10, it came back to communication. So um, not really uh, something I would do differently other than to emphasize that we're always learning, always getting better, and we make mistakes daily. You know, it's funny when you get an award, you think that you've you've arrived and the whole time I've been talking to you, I'm thinking, how do we get this award? <laughs> because, you know, we are still learning and still developing and uh, we have not arrived. But I would say that you have to make it a priority. Uh, Dr. Bill, Dr. Smith, you want to add to that? I'll jump in. Um, I, I agree with Dr. Cotton. It's I can't look back and say, you know what, here it is. This is the one thing. This is the one thing that I would do differently. I would say I wish we had a communications department 10 years earlier than COVID because I feel like uh, literally it was 2019 where it was congratulations, you have a team. Boom, here they are. And then, you know, the world changed, but it was fortuitous. It was meant to happen. You know, this is uh, this is how how it was meant to play out. So so looking back, I think to echo what Dr. Cotton said, you have to have a growth mindset. You have to look at every day as uh, what what did I learn from today? What is my takeaway? And how am I going to improve my process to make sure that I cover that in the future? And so I think process, really focusing in on it, spending that time to do the debrief or the hot wash, as they call it in the first responder land, to, mm -hmm. um, to sit back and say, what can we, where can we learn and where can we grow? I just feel like that's a constant process here. There's a constant um, a routine that we follow and we've really, um, we really benefited from it. Yeah, and, and building upon that, I think it's been uh, getting the right people in the right seat, uh, making sure that um, on my communications team, I have people that complement, you know, my, my weaknesses uh, there. So uh, when we do debrief, we can talk that out, how we can uh, do something better at that time. And, and that's been important. Dr. Cotton's given us the ability to grow as a department, you know, with, with, with 10 people in there. Um, that all complement each other and bring a different skill set to the table, make us a stronger team. Well, that was a wonderful conversation. I really appreciate everyone's time today. Superintendent Dr. Jared Cotton, Chief of Staff and Clerk to the Board Dr. Angie Smith, and Dr. Chris Vale, Director of Communications, were all my guests today. All are from Chesapeake Public Schools in Virginia. Dr. Cotton was selected as the recipient of the ENSPRA 2022 Communication Technology Award for Superintendents. I learned a lot today. Thank you all so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to Final Sight for their support of School PR Drive Time.